You've just entered a safe, relaxed, and open forum where you can allow your imagination to take you places you normally dare not go. Welcome to The Fourth Dimension with Toby C., where we discuss evil resistance in the early efforts of sobriety. Here's Toby. Hey, Brooke. Hey, Toby. Hey, welcome to The Fourth Dimension with Toby C. and Brooke C. Yes. Talking about evil resistance that so many people experience in early recovery. How fascinating is that? By the way, um, that's our show topic every show. Did you know that, Brooke? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. You thought we were going to be talking about something special? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, actually, we are going to be talking about something very special. Uh-huh. You know, we're going to be talking... This is a recovery show, um, and uh, Brooke is a friend of mine that I know in recovery. Right. And I'm not going to tell you what program or anything. We're going to kind of keep it real general and anonymous. But, you know, for sure, if you have ever been in recovery or if you have a, a loved one who's in recovery, um, they'll tell you all day long that, they hear a lot of talk about God, but they don't hear a lot of talk about the antithesis of God, the, you know, the devil or Satan or the evil one, whatever you want to call it. What do you think, Brooke? Is that, was that your experience? You hear a lot of God and not a lot of devil in recovery? What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, I do think we, we often talk about the, our higher power, you know, which is, it's, is, of course, the most amazing thing. But we also have to know, you know, that there's an enemy that's against us. And, you know, we have to study both sides so we can be, be ready. Couldn't have, couldn't have put it better myself. And, and by the way, I always like to warm up the show because if somebody's just joining us for the first time to this show, they might think that this is a show about the devil. And this is not a show about the devil, okay? This is a show about life, and this is a show about the things that happen in life. And trust me, this is not about the Garden of Eden. It's not about Adam and Eve. It's not about the forbidden fruit. It's about the snake. There you go. And I want to be clear about that, okay? And uh, be, be sure, you know, the snake did not commit the original sin. Adam and Eve did, okay? They had the choice. But I'll tell you, something was there distracting Adam and Eve, okay? They weren't paying attention. How about that? Oh, yeah. That's, that's great. <laughs> I mean, that, let's just try to keep it simple. And by the way, again, you know, Brooke and I are going to be talking about uh, a touchy subject. You're going to hear us talking about the evil one or the devil. But for sure, I want to be clear that, you know, if the figure of the devil is missing, then one also loses sight of the figure of God itself or himself, it makes this concept of God abstract. And, and in anybody who's been around uh, the devil and God and good and evil uh, can, can tell you with a great deal of certainty that, um, that evil does exist, but evil does not want us to feel its presence, but rather deny its presence. And we're here to, to, to rip the the shroud off the lantern, and and shine the light in in some dark areas. How about that, Brooke? Oh, yeah. I think that that is a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Okay, now, (laughs) so, Brooke, just as a Mm warm-up, you know, where where are you from originally? Uh, From Oklahoma City. Right on, Uh yeah. And did you grow up uh, with any kind of a religious background, your family or any of that? Um, Yes. uh, Yeah, I grew up Baptist. Um, Yeah, my, my uncle was a pastor, 
Uh, my mom was a really devout Christian woman and principal. And um, yeah, so I grew up in a Christian private school. Um, you know, I pretty much had to do things, you know, the right yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Hey, it's all good. And here, and you know, and check this out. Um, of course we had to do things the right way. That's how we were. That's how we were trained. That's how we were programmed. We, a lot of us were raised with a certain set of values, if you will, okay? Yes. And that's fine. You know, and, and again, you know, for the listener out there, I, I do have an inside advantage because I do know Brooke and I know a little bit about her story. And I'm here to kind of keep us in the lanes of, of, of our topic. And our topic today is evil resistance that happens in early recovery crazy things that happened to us in early recovery. And um, we're going to be talking about Brooke's experiences in early recovery. And I'm here to tell you, if she's not, that she was a late bloomer to alcohol abuse. How about that? Yes. And, uh, and, and you grew up very moral and very religious. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, I really did. I mean, I grew up really trying to do the right thing and staying out of trouble. Um, and I, you know, it just progressed probably in the later years as, as my children grew up, you know, I was a mom and, um, you know, I, I was doing a lot of mission work and stuff like that. And so I had a great relationship with God. I just feel like, I was kind of transitioning out of, um, you know, my kids growing up and just wanting to do something. I was just kind of bored and wanting to thinking I was missing out on some fun. Yeah. So that's when you became the late bloomer, decided to go ahead and, and hang up the, uh, the goody goody two shoes and put on some, some risky stilettos. Right. So, <laughs> how about that for a right, visual? Exactly. How about that for a visual? Hey, and by the way, you know, that's fine. And, 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 there's the battle of life between good and evil and the risky things that we do. But, uh, but Brooke, do you remember the first time that, uh, and not the first time you had a problem with alcohol abuse, mm -hmm. but the first time you really sincerely felt, I got to stop this or I'm going to die. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yes, I do remember uh, the, oh, the first time I thought I was going to die um, was probably when I. The first time, the first time. Check it out. No, check it out. Brooke, this is the first time that you were in recovery mm -hmm. or not. And you you had this reckoning that if I don't get this thing, I'm going to die. Do you remember that moment, Brooke, you know, and, and again, this is a real heartfelt moment. I know sometimes it's, it's difficult to get out, but do you remember that moment? Was it in the hospital? Was it in the rehab? Was it in sober living? Was it, was it out, you know, dealing with your dysfunctional uh, uh, marriage? Mm -hmm. uh, what was going on? Do you remember that? Well, I mean, there were so many instances that it, it's kind of just so clouded in my brain right now because it was I did end up in, in jail you know I, I ended up passing out uh on the streets I uh yeah I was of course when I was you know in sober living and in all of these areas I just realized how many times I'd risk my life and, got it okay now hold that thought the realization is one thing and this this conviction did you ever get to a place where not only did you realize that, you know, but 
you, you came to a point where you got to get this thing, you know, that, that, that your sanity and your, 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 your emotional well-being and your, your children's well-being and your future just kind of hung in the balance. Do you remember that moment where you had that reckoning that I got to get this thing, even if it was just a fleeting passing thought, but do you remember mm-hmm. that? Cause that was a real, that was the bottom. That was mm-hmm. the moment that you decided to get better, mm-hmm. that you really had a heartfelt yearning to get better. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that moment, Brooke? Um, well, like I was telling you earlier, um, you know, my husband is a national director of sales and, you know, he's always been abusive and um, kind of an ex uh, pro baseball player, but I, I, he comes after me. Um, of course, even prior to my drinking, um, he, he's kind of bipolar. Um, but especially of course, after my drinking and I, I remember, which, I mean, this is kind of embarrassing to talk about, but I did end up, I was at this this bar and I was trying to get away from him. Um, and I ended up going home with this uh, this man who, of course, I, I did not know who he was. I wake up and I'm, you know, up in this loft apartment where he basically held me hostage for probably like 10 hours up in his apartment. And I, uh, I couldn't get out. Well, I thought, you know, I'm not going to make it out of here. Um, but anyway, finally, when I, I did thankfully get out, uh, I ended up realizing I've got to get back to California or I'm, I'm not going to make it out alive. Like I've tried to go home with people. I've tried all of these different sober livings and different, um, rehab centers. And I just knew I had to make a decision and I really had to come back to God. I mean, the wonderful news about this whole thing is I realized that God, he loves me he had loved me this entire time. It wasn't about me trying to be perfect anymore and how Satan was trying to stop me from realizing, you know, that general truth and being able to go on with myself with a a new type of testimony. You know, Mm -hmm. you know what I just heard you describe Mm -hmm. that you were stuck on the bottom, you know, and, um, and sometimes it's hard to get off that bottom. I read in this book that some people want to stop drinking, but cannot, you know, did you have an overwhelming reason to 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 drink and to 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 act out with this crazy, insane behavior? Well, yeah, I mean, I did. I think it was uh, just to, to get away from my husband. You know, I feel like during um, we our kids were had were grown up, and I realized just to try to cope with all of the um, uh, mental and emotional abuse, um, I was just trying to drink to kind of escape. And, you know, I would go into these different realities, but that would actually come to life, you know, but what I didn't realize was, you know, like I said, I I, I would sometimes I would end up on the street. I could have died many times. Oh, you know, and and, and how about this, Brooke? Are you possibly describing denial? Yes. And, and, and isn't denial powerful? Yeah. Oh, yes. And, and, and there it is, you know, um. For so many of us, we get stuck on the bottom because we're we refuse to 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 surrender. We keep fighting it, and part of that fights denial. What do you think, Brooke? Could that have been part of your your battle in early sobriety? Was just not accepting, you know, your your spiritual and emotional hurt. Well, yes, I think it was easier for me to blame my husband. I mean, which I know, you know, that we're codependent on each other. But really, I had to look inside myself and say, I am the one who continues to choose this new lifestyle, you know, and I'm really going to have to, 
to really just look back into myself and go back to God and know that this is not what his his best plan for me, you know. So um, I think it was it really was more just coming to that realization that it was actually me, you know, my decisions. All right. Is it possible, Brooke, before we break for the, you know, take a break here, is it possible that it wasn't just your fault and that it wasn't just his fault and it wasn't just its fault and it wasn't just God's fault that there was another player involved and that player was the evil one Mm -hmm. and the evil one, you know, the evil one is cunning, baffling and powerful. It's the subtle foe. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely, like I said, if you take us out of the realm of this world, of course, we're in a spiritual battle. I mean, we have, as we see in the movies, we see good and evil. You know, we have Satan on one side, we have God on the other. And, you know, we have a choice to make. And sometimes, even when we're trying to do good, he comes after us. But the best thing to do is choose God. Check that out. The evil one. That's the evil resistance in early recovery. Strange things happen, I'm telling you. We're going to be right back with Brooke. She's going to mash out now some ghost stories, some really strange stuff that happens only in early recovery. Maybe you can relate to it. I'm Toby C. We'll be right back with The Fourth Dimension with Brooke C. today. Thank you. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. There is no such thing as coincidences. You better believe it. And and quite often, Brooke, in early recovery when bad things happen, did you ever just pass them off as bad timing or bad luck or a coincidence? Oh, yeah. I, I would sometimes. I mean, not not looking back now, of course, but yes. Yeah, you know, at, at the time, for sure. What we're going to do, and again, uh, I, I got to tell you, the devil, the evil one, takes many different forms. And, um, and quite often, the devil can possess, we can invite the devil into our spirit by... Um, by our, our sinful behavior, if you will. And we're going to talk about the seven deadlies later. Right. But you had a real influencer in your life, in your marriage, and in your sobriety who was, um, who was hurting you and harming you and keeping you from getting better. Brooke, why don't you describe this, this hurt and this harm and this, uh, and this evil interference, if you will. Well, yes. Um, well, like I said in the past, this has always gone on even prior to my drinking um, as far as my husband's abuse. But but yes, just like recently trying to get better. You know, I've, I've had him. Um, he would show up at these rehabs, try to take me out to New York City or, you know, just try to entice me to leave. 
and then get me to drink. Um, so it, it's been right out just, you know, abuse in that way. But but then just also just, you know, trying to traumatize me with, with text after text and bullying and trying to get me back home. Um, you know, like I said, he's been recording me, uh, you know, basically just trying to destroy my life. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, calls me every name in the book, and and a lot of mental abuse, um, okay. stalking. So, Brooke, is this man? Was this man, and maybe still is this man? Let's keep it in the past tense. Was this man possibly possessed by some some evil? energy. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I do think I was doing a lot of things that God wanted me that put into my heart. And it was really impacting a lot of people at one time. And I do believe that Satan did not want that to happen. And he used this man to try to disrupt my pattern that was going on in my life where a lot of people were coming, souls were being saved to know, you know, know God. How interesting. Let me open up something. By the way, this man, this influencer, your husband, yeah. ex-husband, did he live in sin? Yes. All right. Out of the seven deadlies, okay, pride, anger, envy, greed, lust, sloth, and gluttony. What do you think out of those seven deadlies, did they, which one applied to this man? Which, which sinful behavior did this man live in that allowed demonic possession of his spirit and his conscience and his subconscious? What do you think, mm. Brooke? I, well, I would say all of them. <laughs> but no, I would probably go with probably lust the most. would probably be his number one lust. issue. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, yeah. And he was also a pro ball player. Yes. How about pride? Oh yeah, pride as well, and you know I think they go hand in hand. So pride and lust. Yes. There you go. The trophy wife, right? What do you think? Were you the trophy wife? A little bit. (laughs) Come on, (laughs) give yourself a a yeah. Well, I guess I've been told that before. There you go. All right. So hey, so back to this person. Continue describing how Satan might have used him as a tool to hurt you and keep you from getting sober. Give us a couple of other memorable experiences in early recovery that that get that kept the foot on you. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, yes, and I mean, sadly, I mean, sadly, he he's kind of like a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde personality. So, what would happen with the manipulation would, would start, and you know, just being a classic narcissist, and the games would begin. And I think you know, Satan used him to confuse my mind. You know, I would think, okay, he's he's you know, I need to go back home with him because you know, this is difficult. And then when I would get there. You know, all of the the possession would start again where he felt like that he possessed me. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, let me ask you this. Do you think God wants us to be confused or does God want us to be certain? Yeah, certain. Yes. There you go. Do you think the devil wants us to be baffled and confused or does the devil want us to be certain? Yes, of course. Baffled and confused, of course. There you go. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, let's logically relate this. The devil uses people, doesn't he, Brooke? Yes. And um, and you may have been having your sobriety interfered with somebody who is demonically possessed. What do you think? 
You know, I think so. I mean, now that you're saying it, you really don't realize it at the time because you're just battling, of course, the flesh and blood and human beings. You're distracted. Right. But in behind that, Satan is behind all of it. There you go. Wow. All right. Mashing out uh, a good show with Brooke C. talking about evil resistance that so many people experience in early recovery. And this resistance can take so many different forms. You know, but today we're talking about demonic possession. How about that? I'm going to be right back with Brooke C. I'm Toby C. on the fourth dimension, talking about evil resistance during early recovery. Making sense out of nonsense. Making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. You know, if the devil can't make you bad, it'll make you busy. And, um, and it's all about distracting you, right, Brooke? Oh, that is so true. Yes. Did you get distracted in early recovery? Oh, I did. Yes. <laughs> was somebody distracting you in early recovery? Oh, yes. Yeah. That, that, of course, that was my husband's goal. Yeah. To get me distracted and get me back home because he just loves, you know, to do the cycle of insanity, insanity that we were in, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, during the break, we were talking about a little bit about demonic possession. Yes. And we and both Brooke and I agreed that uh, that our sometimes our behavior, our reaction to somebody's demonic behavior, okay, is a drunk. If it's fueled by fear, it's a drunk. It's called an emotional drunk. And um, you did some really crazy stuff, Brooke, before you started abusing alcohol, didn't you? Oh yeah. Well, I did. I mean, I, mean, I didn't say crazy. Excuse me. I want to <laughs> say. I want to say risky, perilous, dangerous um, evangelism. Describe that, Brooke. Yes. Well, I've always been uh, kind of a thrill seeker anyway. And I think that, of course, I did love God. So I tried to put the two together and I would go down and try to get away from my husband and meet new people. But uh, my whole motive was actually to talk about God. But I, I started hanging out with, you know, just a lot of people on the streets. Um, actually, you know, drug addicts, alcoholics, and but of course, I was so naive then that I didn't realize, you know, what danger I was putting myself in. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Hold that thought. All right. Was this extreme behavior? Well, yes. Okay, so there wasn't anything moderate about it. Is it possible, Brooke, that you were already suffering from some from some emotional? trauma that maybe you were reacting to what do you think well yeah I just I don't think I was thinking clearly but I do feel like God still can use crazy people you know for his glory so I I mean I know it was all being used but I would not recommend it for you know just a housewife to be doing this but yeah so what Brooke's really talking about is the emotional drunk that proceeds quite often 
the physical drunk. You know, the chemical drunk of drugs and alcohol and, and other types of risky, crazy behavior, gambling, deviant sex, compulsive shopping. We can just go on and on. But there it was, you know. Now, when you decided to get better, it was as a result of some consequences involving alcohol and, and driving and drinking, correct? Yes. All right. Yeah. And... And there was a lot of denial involved. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. And you were in denial, and your spouse was certainly in denial because maybe it was a bad reflection on him. Right. Who knows? <laughs> All right. But what about uh, he just didn't want you to get this thing, did he? He just didn't want you to really calm down. We're not here to kind of uh, uh, you know psychoanalyze him. We're just trying to illuminate some demonic urge that he had to keep you down. And we already discussed that maybe this demonic urge was, was, was opened by pride and lust. What do you think when to, to live in, in the realm of pride and lust? You know, you were outmatched, Brooke. What do you think? You were at, totally outmatched spiritually, psychologically, um, physically. Did it involve physical abuse as well, did it not, Brooke? Yes. Well, I think in the past when I was really listening to God's voice and I was on a great course, um, you know, we're still going to have the enemy is still going to throw fire at us. You know, he's going to stop trying to do what we're do- what we're doing. And then, of course, giving into alcohol, deciding to kind of go with my husband. I was kind of tired of fighting it. And, you know, I just wanted to just try some new behavior. I, what I did was I opened up the door for Satan to come in and and get a you know give I actually had this terrible stronghold in my life, so now I've gone kind of over to the dark side on maybe even if it was on an accident like you said he wants to blind our minds he's you know but hey you know if you, if mm. sometimes when the will to fight's no longer there we just we just surrender we surrender to our own earthly insecurities and temptations and when you say you moved over to the dark side you did right you did move over to the dark side and um and that's the that's where the devil wants us the devil does not want us to live outside of his dominion he wants us within his dominion mm-hmm. and you stepped into the devil's dominion did you not brooke i did a little I... bit with both feet or just to just, just stick your toe and take the temperature what do you think uh, no, I mean, I, I jumped in there, but I, I think my intent, and maybe I was even manipulating my own mind, was I'm going to go here to talk about God. Of course, I was doing risky behavior where before it was about evangelizing to the world. Now I was actually wanting both. I, you know, I was I was living kind of a double life. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, what the Bible talks about. Mm-hmm. And I became unstable, and that is what I am today because I'm still, you know, kind of going back and forth on things and that's why I'm trying to choose the straight and narrow. Yeah. You were dealing with some power. You know, when you're dealing with the power of God and evangelism, Mm -hmm. you're dealing with a very, very powerful tool and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this power was taken over to the dark side somehow and you were confused how to use this power Mm -hmm. and how to use these tools. Talk about baffling and confusing. All right. I want to move on to some other ghost stories that you've had in early recovery. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's talk about sober living for a minute. 
you know. So many of us have experienced sober living, and quite often they can be challenging. Did you have any really negative, uh, evil, dark experiences that you can recall in sober living that discouraged you? What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, from the beginning, I mean, it, at the beginning, it could be a wonderful experience, you would think. But as you begin to live, especially with just women, you know, it becomes very competitive and becomes very, um, you know, women can be very vicious towards each other. Um, and they kind of want to see each other fail. And, and what's sadly, I mean, which is also Satan, I think, to me, because really we should be lifting each other up and rooting for each other. You know, and also on the way back, I was trying to get out of this court thing I was in. Um, I didn't let my husband know about this. And I, I felt like it was important so I could come back to recovery. He wouldn't pull my insurance out from under me. Um, and I, of course, have adequate money, but he had decreased my funds. Um, so I'm stuck back in Oklahoma and I call and ask for help, but then nobody could help me. So anyway, I had to end up, of course, getting on the streets, then getting some, someone that I didn't even know to help me back, you know? So that was another thing that I felt like that Satan was trying to get me just to, you know, back in the trap with my husband back there, not being able to come back here, but somehow God got me on that plane in time and I was able to come back. So, you know, somebody as beautiful and as sweet and, and godly as you should not have to be anywhere near the streets, okay? Whether it's in evangelism or hard luck or what have you. But, you know, for some reason, you know, that's, that's what happens to a lot of us. We just can't seem to get off that bottom. And I'm telling you, Brooke, it's not your fault or his fault or its fault or her fault or God's fault, you know, there's another player involved here that just doesn't, uh, that wants to keep it very discouraging. Did you have any really strange experiences in, in sober living? I mean, besides uh, just kind of the petty, uh, did you ever get close to somebody or, 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 or really get disappointed or hurt in sober living uh, that kind of confused you, that said maybe this is the wrong thing to do? What do you think? Do you recall? Um, yeah, I mean, I did have where one day I was just, um, talking in class, I was encouraging everyone and, uh, you know, they took me out and said, we need to breathalyze you right now. And I guess someone had, you know, told this story. Um, and there were several stories that were told on me where I was brought into the office and they would find out it wasn't true. Um, but I was just completely shocked that, uh, this was being done to me. Uh, I just didn't understand because I was trying to encourage the other women. And so I just would want to run out and scream and leave, you know, but I had to stay there, of course. So. How interesting. I don't want to dwell on sober living, but is it possible, Brooke, is it possible that you were blind to just how sick other women in sober living can be, or other men in a sober living house can be, that when we're in the midst of it, we can't really see the sickness of our brethren or our sisters that are standing right next to us. What do you think, Brooke? Could that have been, could that, could that have been that, that illusion, this intolerance? Yes. What oh, do you, you, think? you mean that I was intolerant? Yeah, you just, you couldn't, you know, uh, and again, and again, 
no question you were being hurt. You were being singled out. You were being unfairly judged. But, but were you able really to, to look at these women as, as sick, suffering women? Or were they just, just being your typical petty women <laughs> like you had described? What do you think? You well, know? no. I mean, because actually what I had to look at was, of course, I was sick too. And I really tried to learn. Each person brought something to the table that I actually learned. And I, I ended up gaining patience. Uh, I learned, you know, guidance from other people. And I, I really learned... Um, I really have to stick. I, I'm kind of a loner in a lot of ways. I, I ha, God was kind of teaching me something new here that I was able to to stick in there, even though Satan was coming against me. I, I do believe that God always wins, and so in the end, you know, I was able to take away that even though this was a, a negative experience in a lot of ways, um, that God used it for the greater good, and and you know, I. I learned way more than I would have if I would have even been able to do, to do it on my own. So I'm actually, you know, grateful for the experience overall. So before we break, did you ever get distracted in early recovery by other men paying too much attention to you? <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Um was that God? <laughs> Or was that the devil? What do you think? That's kind of, yeah, that's a little tongue in cheek. But, you know, what do you think about early relationships and in, in, uh, in early recovery? Or at least, you know, having other people of the opposite sex pay attention to you, you know, especially in early recovery. Can this be a, a, a deterrent? Can this be a, a distraction? Um, I do think it can. Um, but I'm not a black and white person. So here's my thing. I believe that if we are to take each step of our life and we can use it as a, a good ex- something that God's using for great in our lives and we ask Him, it's okay. If we go and cross the line with these people, we know that it's not of God. Satan's going to come in and he's going to take our stronghold. He's going to run off with it. Okay. There's a woman who knows black and white when it comes to moral and immoral behavior. What do you think about that? Hey, we're going to be right back shutting down a final segment of The Fourth Dimension with Toby C. with Brooke C. Finishing up our topic as usual, evil resistance during early recovery. Be right back. Sharing testimonies about the evil influences interfering in our most desperate and hopeful moments in life. Here's Toby. And Brooke. Toby and Brooke. Toby and Brooke Hour. Yeah. Hey, Toby. (laughs) All right. So, um, so you do believe in the devil. Oh, yeah. And you do believe that the uh, devil is a fallen angel. Yes. And uh, and that the devil doesn't want us to believe in the devil. Oh, exactly. That? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he comes as an angel of light, right? Is yeah. that, that's what it's very, very subtle. Yes. Yeah. 
or an angel of darkness. Right. All right. Okay, so relationships in early recovery are supposed to be forged between ourselves and a God of our understanding. But quite often, he or her, it kind of gets in the way. We've talked about that. Um, you mentioned last segment that you enjoy and you found a great deal of joy being alone and, and doing your own thing because you found the companionship of other people in certain pursuits and endeavors disappointing. Describe that, Brooke. Yes, well, I just feel like throughout my lifetime when I would get into a group or entity of people, um, you know, it's just, you know, the ugliness would come out and, you know, the arrogancy and, you know, I, I would just get tired of all the, the, you know, fake crap that goes on and I would just get tired of it and decide, you know what, I just want to be alone. So <laughs> I, it seems like I would always end up kind of going out on my own way which is great when you if you're if you're alone with God for a while, but I did stay out too far away, you know, and that's what I do love about the fellowship. You got out too, you you got too alone. Yes. Yeah. What do you think? Just generally speaking, Brooke, does your God want you to be alone or in the companionship of other people? Yes, I, I do think he wants us to, he wants us to refuel. Sometimes we need to be alone and go with him. But yes, we need to be within a body of people that are supporting each other okay. and loving each other. Now, hold yeah. that thought, hold that thought. Does God want you to be in communion with other people? Now, I didn't say that. Do you want to be in communion with other people? Right. What we're talking about, Brooke, is God's will, right? Yes. And um, so there it is. Would you say that 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 one of your big um, achievements in overcoming evil resistance and recovery has been the group? Oh yes, it, it totally. The, yeah, the group AA has just done so much for me as far as being able to be surrounded by people that you know actually get where you're going through psychologically, emotionally, and actually come through for you. I mean, you know, if I have had people where I needed something and they're there for me, and you know, we have to realize that people are going to let us down wherever we go. And we just can't get off on an island by ourselves. Yes. Um, and people do let us down mm -hmm. because people are fallible. But there's a power in the group, right? You found yes. the power in the group. And um, all these people that come in and out of our lives that are demonically possessed, sometimes they can overpower us with their evil. Sometimes they place us in a position that we're beyond human aid, right? Right. We've got to find a faith, you know, to bring us back, you know, within within distance of, of, of humanity again. And that's to find a faith, you know, that maybe God, maybe we, maybe there is a plan and God has his plan and we just need to go with the plan. Has that been your plan now, Brooke? Oh, yeah, it has. Yeah, to go with God's plan versus my own. 
because I, I think what I do is I, I am a creative thinker in a, in a lot of ways, and I start just overthinking things. I start going with these ideas that I have, and it, it may not necessarily be God, like we're saying. I do think it's the evil one putting these thoughts in my head. And, you know, just to really go back, for me, is to go back to the Scripture and really get into the Word of God and don't get away from that because that's when I just start kind of getting these fantasies in my head that not aren't necessarily from God at all. Got that right. Mm-hmm. Are you are you a minister today? Are you a messenger today? Are you carrying a good message today, Brooke? What do you think? Yes. I mean, I, I feel like you, this is kind of even strange to say, but even during my alcohol, alcoholism, I was trying to, but you just can't do that with a, with you know an alter a mind altering substance is not going to take you to where you want to go. Yeah. So I thought I was, but of course I wasn't. And now that my mind is getting clear, I mean, I do. I feel like I'm coming back um, to thinking straight and God using my life again with a you know the amazing message that I want Him to. It's it's getting there. So yes. So you're now able to transmute and transmit something that you have. You have a spirit. You have a spiritual condition. And God does want you to to use that and, and transmute that. Just like the evil one can possess us and want us to transmute evil, you did clean your house in recovery. You did expel the evil one. You did allow God to enter your, your house. And you try to protect that house by being in the group, right? It's the group. Yes. Yeah, because that's who God has sent me to to get me out of this condition. You know, and that's the thing is what I have to realize that this is from God. And do I want to reject this? You know, he's just like placed people in my life. Um, and like we say, you know, it's just like a step-by-step thing and do the next right thing. Well, that's also just not rejecting the help that people, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to accept people's help when you've been on the other end of it and saying, you know what, I'm going to have to flip this around and I'm going to have to allow people to help me. And, and, and immerse yourself in the help of the group. Yes. And God, as he expresses himself through the group. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've really overcome some serious obstacles and certainly people who've been demonically possessed and, and who were hell bent no pun intended, to keep you down. And you transcended that that misery through the group, didn't you, Brooke? Yes, I did. Yes. And and even though, like you're saying, obstacles, obstacles have come in throughout the way. I, I feel like that, you know, choosing to not give up on people, to continue and think, even if I do get hurt in these situations, if I keep going forward, I keep, um, you know, letting God have others help me. It's going to strengthen me as a human being. Are you ready for sponsorship? Yes, definitely. You're such a good messenger. Brooke C., thank you so much for joining me today. It was fun just mashing out some real subtleties of evil resistance that so many people experience in early recovery. A little 13-step action, a little sober living insanity. The spouse from hell who just won't let go because he's possessed, right? Right. But we get through all this stuff. Thank you so much, Brooke. God bless. I'll see you around recovery. All right. Thank you. Bye.